listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 259. Killer Lord's here with the one, the only, the, in a very chipper mood, John Brownstone. I am. You're almost perky. I mean, if you're capable of being perky. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, you're supposed to be this brooding, sadistic, dominant, cis man. That means your eyes are always narrowed and your brow is always furrowed, right? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to a doctor if I am. I mean, but... I, think, I think something is wrong or you're just constipated. <laughs> or something is wrong and that is causing the constipation. Right. Okay, we'll, we'll get into it Anyway, now. carry on. <laughs> anyway, hi. hi. I'm glad you're here with me. I love yeah. you. <laughs> Today, we may be going on a bit of a ramp. By we, I mean me. Y'all know how this works out here. Uh, but about it's about the need to, quote, prove ourselves in a relationship or with a new partner to the point that we lose a sense of self-preservation and just kind of want people to have a sense of self-preservation. I'm already starting the ramp. We're just in the intro. What the hell? Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. And yes, it's like this all the time. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us. Tell other kinksters find us. If your podcast app does not allow for reviews, feel free to share your favorite episodes with your fellow kinksters. We like that too. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDSM1. Loving DS and the number one, Loving DS1. Wow, I forgot how to say our own damn handle that I wow. fucking hate. Or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch us live stream the episode normally every Wednesday. This particular week, it ended up being Thursday. We'll talk about that in the bonus section. All links are in the show notes. A big shout out and thank you as always to our kinky patrons on Patreon. We see you. We love you. We appreciate you so, so much. Uh, if you would like to help us make this weird thing on the internet, but also get access to extra content and extra perks and just stuff you can't get anywhere else, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lords. That's patreon.com slash Lords, or use the link in the show notes and join for as little as $2 a month. Okay. So before we get into this week's topic, announcements, announcements. The first thing is that I would like to say hi and thank you to this week's sponsor, mm-hmm. the Kink Pink Podcast, kinkpinkpodcast.com. Yeah. I believe available on all major podcast apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a podcast hosted by somebody who is, I believe, in the live stream audience right now, and that would be Princess Rara, who is amazing. Um, <laughs> she co-hosts it with um, her friend and like person she's known for a long time. I, I say Rara, and I wanted to say Dara, and I know that's not right. <laughs> Dara. <laughs> <laughs> Electro Khaleesi. Um, mm-hmm. They talk about kink. They both have both personal and professional experience as kinksters. Yes, professional experience. Uh, Rara is somebody we know, as you know, people on the internet um, mm-hmm. and have been around for a long time and have uh, admired and can't wait till there's not a plague outside because we need to travel to where she is. Yes. Uh, Rara's a like party organizer, a munch organizer, active in her local community and knows what the fuck she's talking about. And you, because I have not had time, I'm so sorry, you've listened to the episodes. I, I've listened to several episodes. I, I have to, I'm two episodes behind at the moment, yes, unfortunately. Yeah, that's my problem with episodes I, right now. I have to catch up. Friday is usually the day when I, I listen. 
Um, I enjoyed it right from the beginning, even when they did the the introduction. I I loved the chemistry <sighs> between the two. I need. I, you're on my list, Rara. I mean, I admit it. I'm awful. But when you were like, I listened to it and I love it. I'm like, okay, great. That means I'm definitely going to listen. I just, I'm so far behind a podcast. I feel awful. But I know I want to listen because here's the mm -hmm. thing. I know somebody out there is like, why well, is a podcast promote another podcast? Because we should not be your only podcast. We'd love mm -hmm. to be your only podcast. But we should not be your only podcast. Multiple resources. Rara has a perspective we don't have. Right. Has kink experiences we don't have. Has a personality we don't have. And so go listen. Kinkpinkpodcast.com. Thank you for um mm -hmm. sponsoring we are happy to promote um especially when it's like a kinkster we feel good about like i could learn i do learn have learned from rara like oh yeah this is how this this goes so mm -hmm. thank you for sponsoring go visit add listen don't be like me be better than me this time next week i will come back and be like no i've actually had a chance <laughs> to listen now i'm not gonna lie and go oh yeah I listen all the time that's some bullshit but you listened and you were like no no it's really good i do yeah, like, it's, yeah it's good okay yeah. I need to go listen. I mean, right from the very first episode, it was like they'd been doing this for, for a while. And, they... you know, they've known each other for a long time. True, so you can, true. It's sort of like you and I. By the time we got in front of a microphone, we know how to talk to one another. You just have to, like, forget the microphones there. <laughs> so that's the thing I'm really excited to go discover is to yeah. listen to that and also to hear Rara's voice. <laughs> like, okay, look, I know how it was the first time somebody like saw us versus listening to us or when you heard our voice, like the picture you have in your head. And I've seen Rara. And now I'm like, but yeah. now I've got to go listen to her voice. Now you is it match, what, how, how now was you it can for match you? The voice to the right. Voice. How was yeah. it for you? Was it that radio DJ thing where you're like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that voice? Or you were like, yeah, I totally expected that voice. I think I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, this okay. is what it, yeah. So I'll be the only weirdo be. who'll be like, oh, I am pleasantly Everybody surprised. Everybody knows you're a weirdo. I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. So kinkpinkpodcast.com. Search for Kink Pink yep. Podcast in your favorite podcast app if you are listening. If you are not a podcast listener, I'm just saying this might be a time to give it a try. Check try it out. Maybe. Give it a listen. So, next announcement. Uh, just a thing. And for podcast listeners, this one, depending on when you listen, you might be like, mm, but I missed it. Sorry. Kinky Book Club occurs final mm -hmm. Friday of every month. That would be this Friday when the podcast audio goes out, the day after the live stream, for those who watch the live stream. Um, and we are talking about the new bottoming book and the premiere of that, where I will actually be in the live chat chatting while the video plays is at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, yes, that is earlier than in previous months because I got conference calls after that. <laughs> I, had to, I had to work around that. So um, yeah, Kinky Book Club, if you read the book, uh, you'll be able to share what you think. If you haven't mm -hmm. read the book, maybe you'll get an idea of if it's a book you want to read at all. So there is that. Um, okay. So, 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 so. This topic is a little bit weird because I don't have a good structure to it. And I know what many of you are thinking. Kayla, you never have structure to your episodes. Here's the thing. <laughs> I actually try most of the time. <laughs> so I feel like this topic is one of many potential intersection points between multiple things we've talked about in um the past, and that is fantasy versus reality, that is red flags, that is communication, that's trust and honesty. Like it's, and 
if you recognize things you've done in the past or you recognize somebody you know who may have done or be doing some of these things, um, I think there's a lot of different reasons it happens. Um, but I just know that when I see it happening at some level, I have kind of an initial reaction regardless of why it's happening. And the why is infinite because we all have our reasons. And that is, I just, please God, want some people to get more of a sense of self-preservation. And oh, it's also an intersects with safety and risk assessment because um, I give some light details on what, what brought this rant about. And I don't wanna go into too many details. One, because I don't know that this is what this example is an example of, I just know that's where my mind went because there were other things that they, this person messaged me about, but I received a message from a fellow Kingster asking for a little bit of advice on, you know, kind of how to think about a situation, you know, another perspective. And there were many, many details, okay, that all factor in, but one of the details <laughs> in this, and this is not to shame this person, truly, I'm not making fun of them, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're bad or wrong or that they've done something wrong, but one of the details in their whole scenario was this, they got into a relationship, this brand new Dom, air, I think maybe air quotes, mm -hmm. in a long distance relationship in some way, and I don't have all the details, but basically convinced them that w what part of their submission would be to use their installed, cameras they have in their home so that their dom can watch them. Now, there is something for many people inherently sexy about being watched. And mm -hmm. if that is your kink, I am not shitting on your kink. I like being watched in certain contexts too. And I, because there's so many other details to that, that could easily be what it was. But some of the other details within that message, I was seeing red flag left and right. Like we were, we were almost at bouquet level of red flags of other things. And this was icing on the cake for me. Yeah, that I to me that's um, you know I don't know that to me that's just a little over the. It's past my comfort level. Like yeah. like we're not even in the realm of my comfort level. Um, but because of the other red flags that I saw mm -hmm. in the the little bit of information I had, my first initial reaction is. Because what I do when I get a message like this, I very, most of the time I ask more questions. I'm like, mm, this is what I'm thinking, but here are the questions that this brings up. And one of those questions was, was this a kink thing where it was like you were getting off on being watched and that was great? Or was this a control thing? And then if it were a control thing, or if it were part of that spiel that some air quote doms like to do of, uh, if, if you were a real sub, you would let me do this, right? Mm -hmm. And that was where I had the thought in general, because this is one example of many, 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 where I I worry for, for kinksters who, for different reasons, their own reasons, almost lose their sense of self-preservation. Like I said in an mm -hmm. episode, like maybe a couple hundred episodes ago, <laughs> I think I've said it <laughs> since, that I, at the time I said, I want people to get a few trust issues. I want I want you to like, make somebody work for your trust. And I still think people should work for your trust. I don't want people to have trust issues because trust issues come from not great things, but I do want more people to be a little bit more skeptical yeah. and, and question why they're being asked to do certain things. This is 
like I said, just one teeny tiny little example. I've seen all kinds of things. I've seen, um, I think many long-term kinksters, especially pre-plague, will know somebody who set a date, a kink date to meet somebody in a location where they couldn't call, they didn't have, nobody knew where they were. Like, I think mm-hmm. we've either been in those situations or we know people who have been in those situations. Right. Um, and I think some of it, there's so many reasons. There's the frenzy side of it, the excitement, the, oh my God, I get to finally do this. This is so exciting. And we like, our, our risk assessment kind of goes out the window a little bit. The one that I keep f- focusing in on because I'm seeing it come up in different places and in different ways is this idea that we're supposed to prove ourselves yeah. as kinksters. And yeah. that's where I get really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Because the things we have to prove to each other are that we are safe enough to play with. Not say you, not, you don't right. have to be safe enough to live with for the rest of your life, but at least safe enough to play there, with. There, there is a, a huge scope of safety that, that falls into this. And, and, and let me say this. I, you know, the thing with the cameras, for someone who is an exhibitionist, mm-hmm. you know, that may be something that they would love to do. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yucking on anybody's yum. No. If that's your kink, that's cool. And, and as a voyeur, okay. <laughs> but, you know, we we are pretty much out in our lifestyle. Online. Online. Mm-hmm. And most of our family is kind of aware that, for the most part. Yeah, but I don't, the way that went down, I don't consider that out in well, the same way. Okay. Yeah. At any rate. Whatever you put out there on the internet, it lives forever. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something you go and you delete. Sure. I don't know how many of you remember Sherman and Peabody. <laughs> and the Wayback Machine. I know the reference to the Wayback Machine. Yes, you do. I do know the reference. The Wayback Machine is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I've used it. You have used it. <laughs> we we have used it mm-hmm. in a pinch when we have had sites crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wayback Machine is something that basically takes a photo shot of the entire internet. Yeah, delete it any, all you want. It's still out there somewhere. And, and at any given point of time, it takes a snapshot of the internet. Anything and everything that's out there. Even if you go in and delete it, you know what? You can go back to the Wayback Machine. You can search it and you can find it. Yeah. It is there. Everyone's And you all. cannot delete it from the Wayback Machine. No, that's the, that's the Internet Archive. If you're right. like, what's the Wayback Machine? It's yeah. the Internet Archive. And there it is. You know, not everybody has the ability to be out and live the lifestyle the way they want. People have jobs. People have families they have to worry about. You know, kids different things so you know for for someone to just come and blatantly you know i want access to all your webcams to watch everything be careful you know the 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 preservation and the safety aspect of this is enormous and i think i use that as an example because i think it's a too too many not all but too many of us that is an quote obvious example but Mm -hmm. the the rigor in what in which you want to kind of look at the things you're being asked to participate in 
it's all safety and risk. So in this instance, it's a, a security camera or a webcam of some sort. Mm-hmm. First of all, you don't know if they're recording on their behalf. You don't know what they'll do with it. You don't know. You don't know what they're doing with the access to the information. But right. it could be anything. It could be meet me in this hotel. Don't tell anybody where you're going. Um, you'll be with me for 24 hours, and you'll only be with me for 24 hours. Well. You and I could, I'm not role-playing shit, but you and I could role-play that and I could do that. I know you. Yeah. Uh, somebody you just met on the internet five minutes ago? No. that I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you that's inherently risky. And yeah. and what I, what I encourage people to do, because I can't make anybody do anything, is to take a look at a request like that. And no matter how exciting it sounds or how much it taps into this, whatever part of your kink you're desperately trying to fulfill... To stop and go, wait, what are what are the potential risks? And if you can't mm-hmm. think of anything, then uh, find a trusted resource friend, your kinky community, like somebody, and go, hey, I just need another opinion on this. Do you see risks here I'm not seeing? Because most of us, I really think if we think about it, we can think of some risks. We can, mm-hmm. I'm not this type because I am an anxious human being, but some of us can sort of, um, wave away those things and go, oh, I'm just being, you know, too nervous. I'm not getting into the spirit of it. Like we can make excuses mm-hmm. for ourselves why we're dismissing the things that maybe make us nervous or that we see as inherently risky and not explore further, especially if we worry that by exploring the potential risks, we can't do the thing we want to do. Um, but that is, it goes back to the thing we've said multiple times, which is every aspect of kink carries risk. Doesn't mean right. you don't do something because it carries risk. You have to make a personal risk assessment. Is this enough of a risk for me? Am I comfortable mm-hmm. with this risk? Do I have an idea of what the potential outcomes could be and how do I feel about those? Like we all, yeah. walking out your front door, you're making a risk assessment about if you should walk out your front door. But if you're not thinking about the risks at all, or if you're refusing to face them, you are in you're placing yourself in danger that could be hard to come back from. Now that's just one teeny tiny sliver of what came to my mind. There's the other side and it's the pressure side of, cause I know this happens. I have access to the internet too. Of <laughs> usually the air quote Dom who's like, well, if you are a real submissive or I don't even oh. see it with submissive and Dom always, sometimes it's just kinkster. If you were really kinky, you would do this. If you were really into the taboo, you do this. If you really didn't have any boundaries, you do this. And I think many of us, especially if you are comfortable with yourself on some level, whether it's yourself as a kinkster, it's just yourself as a person in the world, whatever, we find, I know that I found it easier over time to resist that kind of pressure. Mm. Like I will not put myself in danger to prove something to a rando on the fucking internet. Fuck you and the horse you rode in well, on. You know, the sad but, thing is that you think you left peer pressure behind in high school. And yeah, it exists know? everywhere. And, and it unfortunately everywhere. it, it, yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah. depending on where you're at in your life and how things have developed for you, how you have developed yourself, like just what's going on with you, you can be more or less 
you know, able to succumb to peer pressure. I, I still succumb to peer pressure, not with, uh, in terms of my own safety, way too anxious for that shit, but in other things like, what should I be doing in business? Oh, well, what is everybody else doing? Or, you know, somebody I admire gives me their opinion of what they think I should do. And for a hot minute, I might go down that path because somebody I admire mm -hmm. said I should do it, not because it's what I really want. And everybody from every walk of life, can have that happen to them. But in kink, <laughs> it goes back to risk assessment. And it also goes back to how much of a relationship do you have with this person? Um, how much of a relationship do you want with this person? Right. Because I am very comfortable with myself as a kinkster, outside pressure from a rando has no effect on me. I, yeah. I get told on the internet all the time I'm not a real submissive. I laugh, okay? I laugh in my mm -hmm. most submissive fucking laugh. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's not hard for me. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I am very comfortable with myself. And if you are brand new or you're just not comfortable and you're still figuring it out and you still have a lot of questions and you still have a lot of doubts, peer pressure could be a thing. And that's why I think that's why inherently when I read some of these examples of things that it's really easy to get judgy about and it's really easy to go, oh, I would never do that. I, I try to not to ever have that, that's sometimes true, I would never do certain things. I try not to have that mindset. I just have this, please get a sense of self-preservation. Please decide that you and your safety and your wholeness as a human being is more important than what this person who can call themselves whatever they want, especially on the internet, without, that that without giving proof necessarily has asked you to do. And then when you have that initial reaction of, whoa, what are you asking for here? Instead of um, showing you that they should be a person that you, that they could be a person you can trust, they mm -hmm. then apply maybe some peer pressure. And I just, I, I don't have a point other than to say that if this has happened to you, and you've grown from it, you've learned from it, I'm sorry it ever happened to you. If you think it can't possibly happen to you, be careful with all of that hubris because, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I think I'm confident in a lot of things and I can, not in kink so far, knock on wood, I think it helps, I got you, JB. But I still find myself battling peer pressure or wanting something so badly that I throw caution to the wind and you can do that. There, that's a legit mm -hmm. thing to do is to throw caution to the wind, but throw caution to the wind after you thought about caution, after you sat with caution, after you went, what am yeah. I actually throwing to the wind over here? Let me think about that for a minute. Well, you know, one of the things too, when Kayla and I initially met, we met online. We began our relationship online as friends, communicating back and forth between our blog. We've, we've told the story. Yeah, many you know. times. So. You know, when we were getting ready to actually meet in person, mm -hmm. I gave you all my personal information. And I'd already Googled you. <laughs> I mean, I, yes, I, I, I gave you my license. I gave you the link to my personal Facebook mm -hmm. account. Mm -hmm. I even encouraged you to do a background check sure. on me. Sure. Before we ever even met. Mm -hmm. You know, and... I think if you are taking a relationship to a point, especially something where, you know, you are going to be doing any kind of play, mm -hmm. you need to know these things. Mm -hmm. The person 
the the other person should be more than willing to offer this stuff up to you. Right, and there's a there's a line, and I was thinking about this earlier um, as I was getting my hair done because I had nothing to do but think. But <laughs> everybody has boundaries and they get to set those mm -hmm. boundaries for themselves. And some people's boundaries will be closer and some people's boundaries will be further apart. And there is this line between information somebody needs to have to be able to make a, a safe decision for themselves and the information that gets to be your information to keep to yourself because it's yours. And I think, and I then on a completely unrelated thing, I was listening to a podcast from three weeks ago. That's how behind, far behind I am. <laughs> um, and they were talking about identity actually. And the person said that for her, she had to think about the difference between privacy and secrecy. She's like, certain mm. things get to stay private for me until I'm ready to share them, but I don't want to keep secrets. And I think that's, that's the line. And I had not thought about that before, but that's the line. So let me give you an example. And I see this example all the time. I have many unanswered emails in our inbox. I'm so sorry, y'all. Um, and half of them have this example, which is met Kingster, Dom sub, doesn't matter, on internet, started a relationship, then found out they had a, they were married or they have another sub or they have a this or they have a that, then found out about the relationship. And it's like, I actually understand the urge to not want to say that because you're like, I want to be with this person and they're not going to want to be with me and blah, blah, blah. But I have seen the argument, well, that's my privacy. I don't have to share that. Yes, the fuck you do. You just withheld, you created a secret that means that the other person does not have all the information they need to make a decision that is right for them. Mm -hmm. You violated whatever their boundaries might have been. Hell, I see a lot of emails that are like, I actually don't care that they're in a relationship with another person, but I do care that they didn't tell me because now I'm questioning what else they didn't tell me. So at that point, there's also the, did you make a risk assessment based on information you didn't have? Mm -hmm. Would you have assessed the situation differently if you'd had that information? So yes, we get to have boundaries. Yes, right. we get to decide what information is private and we don't have to tell somebody, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't come down to the level of secrecy or be something that if a person knew it, they could make or probably would make a different decision. Like you take yeah. away people's choices, you take away consent when you do that. And then somebody finds themselves in a situation that from the outside looks the, like they weren't paying attention and got bamboozled because they didn't yeah. know any better when it's like, actually, <laughs> I just didn't have all the information mm -hmm. because that person wasn't forthcoming. Now, what I will say, mm -hmm. not always, because man, there are some people out there that are smooth operators and they are charismatic and they're, I don't know, are they sociopaths? I don't know what they are, but they're these people that play off so well that they they fool everybody. Those people exist, that's what I'm talking about. Your average air quote dom on the fucking internet though, there's usually about 85 red flags mm -hmm. before you get to this point. And so then it's a matter of getting better or more comfortable yeah. with noticing those and believing yourself when you see them. Mm -hmm. Like I would actually rather go, that might not be a red flag, but something inside me is going, that that's that's suspicious, I'm not here for it, and reject somebody who might have been a perfectly fine partner yeah. um, because I got that feeling, rather than give somebody the benefit of the doubt 85 times and then look back and go, oh, those 85 times, those were 85 red flags, and mm -hmm. I allowed myself to bypass them. Let me stop and say, 
there are many, many, many reasons why we don't always listen to that internal voice or we find that difficult. And there are societal reasons. There are um, psychological reasons. Like there's lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. It's not to blame somebody who didn't pay attention to our red flag. It's more to affirm, hey, that feeling you got. Yeah, trust that feeling. It's okay. Yeah, your okay. your your gut instinct or however you want to call it is there for a reason. It is self-preservation. Yeah, see, um, I'm back to yeah, self-preservation. Right. So, you know, pay attention to that gut feeling. Myself, every time I have not listened to that gut instinct, mm -hmm. I've gotten myself into a world of hurt. Now, I'm, I want to say something here. Um, Ignixia mentioned something about meeting in private or meeting at a dungeon and, mm -hmm. and you know, how much information do you request? And... You know, if you are meeting someone for the first time and you're meeting at a dungeon, you may not need to get as much information sure. about that person as you would if you were meeting in private. And and here's why I'm going to say this. And, you know, we, we have been big proponents of meeting people for the first time at a munch, at, at a club, at a workshop, places like this. And, and here's what I'm going to say. You know, places like, and, I, and I'm going to use some of our local clubs as, as examples. You, you take places like Woodshed or Phoenix Club. If you are a member of those clubs, they have done a background check on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah, you had to give your real ID and your real name and, and your real information. And, and I have had people say, well, then they're going to have, the you know, my, my information and I want them and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Let them have it. I would okay. counter that Facebook well, has more on you than your local BDSM. Exactly. Function. Just saying. And, and the thing is, you know, you, you go to a munch, you, you go to a club. Well, they're going to know who I am. They're going to know my face. They're going to know my real name. And you know what? Every person there at the club, at the munch, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. All right? they are not going to out you because if they out you, they're going to out themselves. And they're going to out everybody else if it's like the, the club level. The club right. level wouldn't stay in business if they couldn't maintain privacy. I, I have had people reach out to me. Oh, you know, I I signed up for this thing at, at the local club to go to a workshop, to go to the sub-meeting, to go to this, and I RSVP'd, and all of a sudden my inbox is full of people who want to play mm -hmm. and meet, but they don't want to meet at the club. Yeah. You know what? Mm -mm, that, consider that a red flag. Consider that a red flag. <laughs> and and don't let it deter you. They're trying to steer you away from there. Right. Okay. They don't want to they be don't, meet in that They don't want to meet in that public space. Mm -hmm. If they're willing to meet in that public space, you know, they, they have been at least vetted through the club. Mm -hmm. If they are, if they go to the club on a regular basis, people there are going to know them. Yeah, the good and the bad about how they play usually. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you know, meeting at a public at a public club, nothing nothing if, wrong with that whatsoever. And if that if if that's an option for you, first of all, we're in a plague, so I get it. Second, yeah. clubs and local community are not available to everybody else. So that means to me that doesn't mean you never get to play, you never get to meet anybody. It means that your 
personal vetting process, whatever you decide you need to feel comfortable, just has to be that much more stringent. Mm -hmm. Has to be that much, like the yeah. person has to jump through fucking hoops. And you know what, I don't apologize for that. You wanna get close enough to me to where you could hurt me mentally, physically, or emotionally, you're gonna fucking prove yourself. Yeah. I'm gonna know that I have the information I need and what I need will be different from what you need. Mm -hmm. To decide that I'm willing to even test those waters. Like, we did an entire sure. episode on trust. I'll have to link to it right. about I mean, that. Just because you meet somebody in in a public place, at say at a dungeon, doesn't mean you have to play. Oh, God, no. All right? There is no requirement. Nope. You can meet them there. You can enjoy, have a conversation, watch the 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 scenes going on, discuss them, you know, talk mm. about it does not mean you have to engage. You can meet them, get a feel for the person. It, it's like a first date. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, right? In a, in a sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, the other thing is, though, is that pay attention to that. If you don't feel like it, and maybe you said it before, and now they're asking and you're like, oh, I have to reiterate, I don't, I didn't want to do this on this first time. Or you went into it going, maybe I will, but I don't know, I'll decide mm -hmm. when we get there. And you decide, no, I, I don't want to play this time. Even if the conversation was good, you've just changed your mind or you've just decided that's not what you want to do. Pay attention to how they react. If they start pressuring you, consider that like 85 red flags all at once. Because if you're pressuring me before we've gotten to know one another, before you even, like we've even been able to establish enough rapport and just enough trust that I will put my physical and emotional safety in your hands as the sub in, in the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and there's pressure to play. Well, what are they gonna do when they think they know you? What are they gonna do when they think they've earned your trust and can kind of relax? Because that is the thing. We trust each other inherently. Like there's, the things I question are never because I question how JB would do it. I question what is this because I don't know about it. But he could basically go, I'm going to do whatever I want tonight. And I'd go, okay, because we've got that. Mm -hmm. And yet he takes more care with maintaining my trust than he than we even do kink. Like he <laughs> worries about it more than I have to worry about it. But if you can't worry about it for me before we've played the first time, before we've met one another, before we've gotten to know one another, before I've agreed to do shit with you, I have no reason to believe you're gonna do it when we get to do like explore bigger things and mm -hmm. and more powerful things and whatever. Like just, and I I know that there are a lot of reasons I've had my sort of my, my eyes open to this idea that not everybody can trust their gut. Um, partly because sometimes, you know, I say this as somebody with a, with high anxiety who doesn't feel like I can't trust my gut. I actually ignore my gut. The more anxious I am, the more I ignore it. I don't know what that's about. That's weird. Um, but I have come across people who are very, very anxious or have very um, severe mental health issues and their gut will lead them down the wrong path. And so they've actually learned they can't trust it and that's not good advice for them. Well, then I would say, create for yourself a list of signs that you're looking for. If if the internal voice could be wrong, well, the, the reason that there is an internal voice for some of us is that there are external signs and sometimes they're subtle or and sometimes we're so like hot and heavy to do what we wanna do that we allow ourselves to miss them. So if you can't rely on that feeling, that bad feeling of something might be wrong here, let me have a sense of self-preservation about it, then then over time create a really, really, really long list of signs that you're looking for. And don't be ashamed for it to be a really long 
uh, list of things that a person has to kind of meet for you to feel safe. The person who you probably wanna play with ultimately is willing to do as much of that work as they're capable of. The other thing I would say is to a certain extent, to the point that you do not feel completely like dissatisfied with your kink life. I, I don't want people to have that either. There's also nothing wrong with your gut being wrong in the sense that you said no to something that might have been safe. You probably would have been okay. But in the moment you were like, no, my sense of self-preservation is saying we're not gonna do this. Cause there's this other thing that, and I battle it too on different levels about instant gratification, about thinking that if we don't take this opportunity right here, we'll never get another opportunity. Mm. Um, And obviously I have no crystal balls for all of us, but most of the time my experience says, it might be a hot minute before you get another opportunity, but you'll get another opportunity and you'll have more information. So there's no shame in letting your own like anxious self turn something down because it didn't feel right to you. Because guess what? How much better will it feel when you can say yes to something because it does feel right? Because the person you're engaging with did the work and was willing to put in the work and the effort, <laughs> bless you, to you. um to make you comfortable. Like, I know people don't want to hear this and I, I worry that I say this because I come from a place of having my dom like next to me every moment of every day. <laughs> But some things are worth waiting for. And I know mm. I, say, I get to say that with a part, but you know what? I've waited for kink play myself by living with my dom. How long have we waited for kink play right now? A long, long time. It, so even when it, you have the partner, it, you'll still be waiting. It comes down to that P word. <sighs> I'm not gonna that word though. Patience. So I just, I don't know. I don't I don't have like an overarching point other than I keep seeing this. The, the example we started with at the beginning was just like the most recent and the most like, my mind like the biggest but i see this some form of this all the time where either due to frenzy or a lack of patience or just this fear that you're gonna miss out or whatever or pressure people run into these situations with it looks like from the outside looking in no regard for their safety or or that when you mention safety they kind of go what what are you talking about you know we talk about safety in terms of the physical acts that we do and i that's a very important conversation mm-hmm. to have like oh, real yeah. people have really died from doing kink things mm-hmm. and it going very wrong but i don't feel like we spend enough time talking about that same approach to safety and risk assessment going into the relationship meeting the people have we talked about it? yes have some mm-hmm. of the kinksters in the live stream chat that I know for a fact are here and listening, have they talked about that? Yes. Yeah. But it keeps getting lost <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's, you know what? It's not the sexy part. It's kind of the boring part. It's also the part that means you'll be hot and heavy for whatever. But if you follow that kind of thinking of, mm, have a sense of self-preservation, have some patience, mm-hmm. you're going to miss out that one day maybe on that one thing. And I get it, people don't wanna miss out on shit, but you know what? I'd like you to be around and feel good about yourself as a kinkster in the long term, and skip this one moment of play when this person isn't just holding and cradling their bouquet of fucking red flags, they're waving them around like they're in the fucking color guard. I know. And you know, damn it. That, that self-preservation thing is so, so very important. You know, I, I remember coming across a profile on FetLife a while back. Um, 
this sub, they met somebody online, started a conversation, started um, um, building a, a relationship. He wanted to meet at a hotel. Mm. That sub went against their gut feeling of not doing it. They were beaten to within an inch of their life. They're lucky to be alive. It happens. Mm -hmm. It is sad. It is heartbreaking. That's not the way I want anybody to learn a lesson in life. No. Not anybody. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there there was recently a, a thing apparently in Australia. Somebody was brainwashing mm, sex slaves. Yeah, I think I saw a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I did not really read the whole story. I, I think Evie um, has been following it very closely. Oh, I would say for BDSM, like, news, and when I mean, like, news, like, what's happening in pop culture, what's happening, like, in communities and stuff, ooh, Evie Lupine, follow her mm -hmm. YouTube channel. Oh, my gosh, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, those, those, those are some horror stories. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. And don't apologize for taking care of yourself. No. The person you no. want to play with, they might be disappointed in the moment. Sure, that's natural. Mm -hmm. They should want you to play to play with yourself. Huh? Well, they might want you to play with yourself. <laughs> they want you to take care of yourself. They right. should as much as... I mean, one, one of my biggest mantras has always been... Take care of your toys because if you break them, you can't play with them. Not gonna lie, that's so true. You and know. and I, I'm gonna tap into my subby friends out there, those of you who, especially on the service sub level. Mm -hmm. Um, how can you take care of the dominant who is the one for you? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're dealing with all of this other stuff like i don't want to tap into guilt i'm not here to guilt you but yeah. like you've got we thought we did this in a self-care episode you've got to take care of yourself in order to take care of anybody else right right so you're out here maybe you're and that here, doesn't matter which side of the slash you're on yeah kinkster person human right and self-care y'all is not just bubble baths and meditation <laughs> it can be but it's not just that um and so you this person Who's pressuring you? Who is there's a there's a you're having a feeling and you don't know why you're having a feeling. Maybe they're the person for you. My cynical self says no, they're not. But mm -hmm. maybe they are. Well, if you want to be the best kinkster partner you can be for them, then you have to take care of yourself. And also, especially to my, my submissive friends out there, yourself has value. Okay, being yeah. the submissive in the power exchange, whether that's you're always the submissive or you're just temporarily the submissive because you switch back and forth. That has value. You are not lesser than a dom or top because of your no. fucking role. You are the other side of a coin. They can't be a dom or top without a submissive there to be the bottom for them. You have value. Your being has value. You have value outside of kink. You have value in kink. You are worth yeah. taking care of. And I'm lecturing my submissive friends, one, because I'm the submissive, and two, because when I see this happen most, 
tends to be with submissives. Mm-hmm. And there, like I said, there's so many reasons for that. Like, and some of those yeah. reasons, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest and frank with you, and this was true for me too, some of those reasons are we need to be talking to a therapist about some of those reasons. Mm-hmm. We have some like, we have some issues we've gotta work through and until we're able to work through them, we will continue to have some of the same struggles saying that as somebody who has been there, okay? Yeah. But you are worthy of somebody giving a shit about you. You are worthy of you keeping yourself safe, but also a partner who will keep you safe. Mm-hmm. You are not a doormat to be used every moment of the day. You are a doormat to be used if that's your kink and you've consented to that and negotiated it and it is safe for you to be that way. <laughs> I realize I have to be careful yeah. with like doormat analogies because mm-hmm. kinks are a thing. <laughs> Yeah, but but I I just sometimes I I see that when I'm watching I'm a big lurker on the internet we've discussed this before <laughs> when I'm watching things go down on the internet I'm like does that person not see that they are worthy and special mm-hmm. and valuable and just because they exist not because they've done anything not because of the role they take on not because not because of any achievements but because they exist and so then they are yeah. worth the the safety and they are worth you know somebody giving a shit about them and they are worth waiting for. And, you know, I know there are people who would disagree with this, but I am a firm believer that submission and service is something that is given. It is not taken. It is not expected. And, you know, that, too, is something that is part of preservation because if you, you know, I have known service subs who are willing to go to a party and, you know, they will serve drinks, they will serve food, they would do that mm-hmm. as part of their service. Um, but for a big D to just walk up to a, an S-type, you know, you're now mine and, and you're going to do as I expect. You're going to get my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But you know, I'm I get it. I'm I'm at a point and many of us are who are listening, I get it, but not all of us are at this point where we can go fuck you. Yeah. Like I would I hate confrontation. Like, oh my god, it, it makes all of my ang- anxious cells like fire. But I almost want one of those wannabe doms to say something to me. Like, <laughs> mm, please yeah. say something to me. Yeah. Let me confront you. Um, somebody pointed out in the live stream chat and this is very true that a lot of the crimes that get perpetrated on people and then get labeled as BDSM. The people doing them are not kinky. They just use the right language. The problem is, and the people I think we're warning are the people who are kinky and are coming across the people who are using the right language Mm -hmm. and have studied our community enough to pass enough to say the right things to get past that initial barrier. Like it's not the person going, what, what does the B stand for? Like it, Mm -hmm. they're using our own knowledge against us to a certain extent. And again, there are those people who they fool everybody that happens. And there's almost nothing we can do other than, I'm, I'm telling you, do without if you have that 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 little bit of niggling doubt. This is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time, it's a bad actor who's not as smooth as they think they are, and yeah. they can usually be sussed out eventually. Um, but yeah, real kinksters get caught in criminal actions because those criminals used our own community against us. They used our language against Mm -hmm, us. And I know mm -hmm. I've got, there's some anxious people out there going, but how do you know then who's safe? And 
it's another risk assessment. Eventually you, you make a risk assessment and go, okay, based on this, whatever your laundry list of criteria is, based on all of this criteria that I've got, this person has passed those tests and I'm gonna take a chance or I'm not. Um, I, I used to feel bad about saying this because I, I felt like it was too simple, but, ult, but it, it's true for me. It's okay if it's not true for you. After I've got all these internal things I'm looking for and after I've done, we talked about this in the trust episode, but the little tests mm-hmm. I do, like, will you tell my secret? Will you do what you said you would do? Like, what has that person done? there comes a point where I only have one option or I have two options really. I do nothing or I take a leap of faith. And what I have found for me is the ability to take the leap of faith happens when all of those other like check boxes are marked for me. And that's a personal thing I need, whatever that Mm -hmm. might be for you. And then the idea of not moving forward is more painful than the idea of potentially getting hurt by it. And that's why it took months for you. That's why I I joke that I will always be poly in theory because I am so hard to get close to in that way. It takes me a long time, a long, long time. And Mm -hmm. I don't expect anybody to work that hard. I don't know. I didn't expect you to work that hard. You were the the loony mofo who just did. I'm the anomaly. I know. Thank God for you. (laughs) So like I said, um, I don't have... A bunch of points. There's no bullet list. I just needed to go on a rant yeah, about it. Yeah, I, I mean, what a, a lot of it comes down to, you know, do not be afraid to preserve yourself. All Think right? about yourself first. Yeah, you know, um, there is nothing wrong with self-preservation. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong if something makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. to not do it, to say no, mm-hmm. you have that power. Do not let anybody ever convince you you do not have that and power. you have that power you forever. Do. It you is know, yours. You are worth it, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And, and that should always be your priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you find the person that you're willing to give up some of that power to, my experience is even in the hardest core play, they don't really want every ounce of your power. They want you to be able to go, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> no, this is not mm-hmm. working for me. Okay. Time out. Like whatever, whatever method you use, yeah. because they, res- the reason those people tend to, to revel in, in the power that they've been given the most said from a submissive perspective, um, is because it's so freely given and they know they had to work for it and they know they have to work to keep it. Mm-hmm. Like I want the person who like looks at me and my power and is like, actually, I don't want to break that. I want to get to swim in that for a minute. Like I want to be worthy mm-hmm. of being allowed to have that for a, hot, a second. You know, that's, that's, I mean, if that, if I've got a kink about people, that would be, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and my, my personal bar for that is pretty fucking high because it can be, because I decided that for myself. Your bar gets to be your bar, but please ha- set a fucking bar. Yeah. <laughs> set a fucking bar, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what mm-hmm. I want to say. Yeah. And I I don't have any, more. could I? Yes, because I'm on a rant. I could mm-hmm. go on. I don't have, let me let me double check my notes. I, I really did take, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we hit them. We, Not yeah. in that order or in those like nice uh, professional words. Yeah, we, we kind of jumped around a little bit, we, you know. We hit them. Okay. 
Right. I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. I don't care what side of the slash you're on. No is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to justify it. No. Right. It gets squeaky about how you have to justify it once you're in the established power exchange. <laughs> you probably should like have say something. But <laughs> before we get to that point, no. Yeah. No. No. Practice it. I'm just, sometimes mm-hmm. I just, I just, because I talk to myself a lot. I don't get a lot of alone time anymore. But when I do, I talk to myself a lot. Look in the mirror. And say, say no. no. <laughs> say it no. with attitude. Say it like you're not nervous about no. the person or the. Co- <laughs> I hate confrontation. <laughs> I'm like allergic to confrontation. And I, ooh, sometimes I, oh, like come at me, air quote fucking dumb. I don't want you to. If you're out there, please don't, because I don't have time for you. But also, I kind of fucking want you to. Yeah. Anyway, see, I went on a rant. There you go. Um, okay, All so right. we do have a bonus section. We do. But I think I think I've ranted enough. Yeah. It's already a weird day to be recording. I think we both this. have a little bit. You did. You did. I'm very proud of you. I'll pull. I'll pull the rants out of you. The, I want. <laughs> I want you to know the internet will fucking stop the day JB just goes on a tear, a total rant. Like you won't even need me. I'll just be like point the microphone at you and pick up the sound a little bit better. Because you don't rant often. No. And when you do, what I love about when you rant, and I think this happens to me, but I think it happens to me in a different way. But when you rant, when you get really worked up, you become incoherent. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what those words are. I know what the intent is. I know what the feeling is, but <laughs> I've lost all your words. You're not, you're spitting now. <laughs> it's a little delightful as long as you're not the uh, one he's ranting about. It's delightful yeah. to watch. Okay. We're, right. we're going to be done with this part. We'll go to a bonus mm-hmm. section for anybody who wants to stick around. Yep. Part of that will be why we did not stream on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There are reasons. Yeah. So are we good? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Keep, Keep it, it kinky, kinky y'all. y'all. And we'll see you next week. Toddy. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? No, I have something to say first. Okay, you can say something. Um, like you need my permission. <laughs> say what? I don't, I don't know. I was uh, acknowledging the absurdity. Yeah. Um, actually, somebody had asked something earlier on, and I just wanted to give a quick answer on that. Oh, okay. You have um, to repeat the question. Yes, I will. Okay. Um, it was asked about um, thoughts on going to a BDSM gathering. Mm, okay. Um. I'm, I'm going to say right now at this point in time in life, I would have to say it's probably more of a personal um, option. You mean in, in terms of the risk assessment? Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, um, I would not do it. Most everything I have attended, whether it's vanilla or or kink-related, has been all online. I know um, Kayla and I have talked about it. If if I was single and did not have a family to worry about, I would probably take some greater risks. I'm um, so glad you're not single and that you have a family. Well, yeah. You know, um, yeah, a little while back, there was a, a whip workshop that was being tried to put together in Gainesville. I was willing to attend that. It was outdoors. Um, masks were required and social distancing was specified. So, you know, it, it was something within the boundaries. I know um, there are some clubs that are open. Uh, they are 
only allowing certain number of people in at a time. And previously partnered people. And like you have to come previously, in in your partnership. You right. You can't be hooking up there. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a, a, a risk assessment and it's more of a personal thing. Yeah. And I, I we've talked about risk before and just mm -hmm. in general on risk assessment. Everybody's threshold is different. And right. I think this is where peer pressure can come in to play mm -hmm. as well uh, in both directions. So somebody who is like, that's too much of a risk for me can I think you, you'll go, that's too much of a risk for me. We've said that multiple times. Right. Our our dungeon is technically open if we could like get in, there's limited tickets, whatever. Yeah. That's too great a risk for us at this point. What I'm not gonna do is shame anybody who has a different risk assessment. I'm gonna have an opinion right. on that because I'm a human being and I get to have opinions. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna make anybody feel bad about it, about it. At the other end, if your risk tolerance is higher than mine, you get to have that higher risk tolerance. Right. But you don't get to make me feel bad. I mean, mm -hmm. you can try, it's not gonna work. Yeah. But you don't get to make me feel bad because I have a lower risk tolerance. And so the risk assessment gets, it's super important to have. It's also super personal. And then the really hard thing, especially in the time of a plague, but just in kink in general, is having some level of compatibility with risk tolerance. And that doesn't mean that the other person has to have the same risk tolerance you do. You are have higher risk tolerance than I do. You yeah. will take more chances than I will. And that works for us because either you let me kind of sit that one out or you push me in a way you know you can because we've developed that relationship and that trust and that Correct. ability to do. Correct. And it works for us. But that's like, that's on a, uh, I, I feel like that is what, it's, uh, I don't know if it's uh, an everybody thing or a kink thing, but I've, I don't do think that's a little bit part of the, conversation missing during the plague is about risk, risk tolerance and risk assessment mm -hmm. and how highly personal that is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it doesn't mean I don't have opinions about it. It just means I don't, mm -hmm. I don't get to dictate what others do. Yeah. And yes, there's an argument to be made about your risk tolerance, putting me in danger. There's, you know, there's a give mm -hmm. and take and that's a, that'd be a whole other episode. And we're in the <laughs> bonus section right now, right. y'all. Uh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but anyway, yeah. that that's kind of my thoughts on that. It's it's really a personal thing, and you know, risk assessment for what uh, you know you're you're willing to do. So, I want for the emoji of the week to be mm -hmm. something on safety, okay? Because we're talking about self preservation, right? What's funny is when I went into Discord and I was like, let me pull up my emojis because it has a nice little search function, and I yeah. typed in safety, and we got all kinds of things. We got an emoji with a mask on. We got a fire extinguisher. We got a person with a hard hat. We got several things. I'm gonna go with the person with the hard hat yeah, because they have a that. sense of self-preservation, right? Protecting the noggin. Mm -hmm. So that is our emoji of the week. Okay. It is a person wearing a hard hat. Might be under construction worker. I found it when I typed safety. So if that helps anybody, um, <laughs> you can drop it in comments on YouTube. You can at us on the socials. You can slide into DMs. You can mm -hmm. email. I have been really awful about DMs and email because when my mental health takes a shit, uh, the last thing I'm capable of is yeah. direct human interaction, mm -hmm. even virtual. <laughs> so talking to somebody in an email is like almost impossible. I'm coming out the other side of it. You <laughs> so are. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping. And then there, then there we get to email overwhelm. And I think most of us totally get that. It's like, oh, I had shit mental health for a couple of weeks. The messages piled up. Now they've piled up so much that the overwhelm is because there are so many messages. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so. Uh, and that being said, Baby girl, yes, you may talk to the crickets. Oh, because I was already.
already talking to you for a few minutes. So <laughs> in a perfect world, podcast <laughs> listeners will not feel this because the podcast will go out on Friday It'll as normal. It'll be out same day as normal. But yeah. anybody who joins us on YouTube might have noticed we were not here on Wednesday like we usually are. No. Why were we not here on Wednesday? Um... Because I was sleeping all day. And why were you sleeping all day? Because Tuesday I got my first vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine. You're halfway there to being vaccinated. Yes. And uh, I, I did have a, a mild reaction, mm -hmm. um, which I, I pretty much expected. I usually, I'm one of those people, I will go and get a flu shot every year. Because when I get the flu, it's not pretty. And I tend to have a mild reaction to the flu vaccine. But, um, yeah, I was tired and achy. You were, so you are a professional afternoon power napper. Yes. You nap in a way I've never seen anybody do. And, you know, I'm, that's not true. I've seen dads <laughs> nap this way. And you are a dad. You're not my dad, but you are a dad. So maybe it's a dad thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and normally, your normal power nap thing is lay on couch with iPad, reading, drift off, yep. sleep 20 minutes, wake up like you got full eight hours of sleep, mm -hmm. move on with your day. And wake up quickly. Like, I can gently, I don't like come scare you. No. I don't do a jump scare, but I'll like, daddy. And your eyes are open and you'll act like they were always open. And I'm like, mm, I was listening to you snore, but sure. <laughs> and then you can get up and function and like, I'll wake you up from a nap to go pick up the kids or whatever. Yeah. I knew things were different when one, we were, I ended up being late picking up the 11 year old on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Because I thought you'd actually already left. And then I was like, well, let me go see. They're not back yet. And then I found you on the couch asleep. Um, but not only mm. that, when I... Woke you up to go, whoa, we didn't get the kid. You jumped, startled, looked at me, and went, uh, and I went, I'll go. Because I knew you didn't feel good. So I was like, I'll yeah. go. And then when I came back, you were asleep. I was out again. You stayed asleep through me picking up the 15-year-old. Because at that point, I realized, I gotta just go do this. Mm -hmm. And then you were asleep until I was ready to order dinner. Because ain't nobody cooking that night. <laughs> and it took forever to wake up. I was like, wow, he's asleep like it's middle of the night asleep. And yeah. you do, that's not how you that's are. That's not how I do, no. In the middle of the day. No. I was like, okay, yeah, the shot kicked his butt. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I was actually very shocked. Because it was Saturday, late Saturday afternoon. That I got the Saturday? phone call. I it was Friday. No, it was oh, Saturday. Okay. It was okay. during it was during mo family movie time. What? Oh, and that's okay. that. I had my phone muted. That's why I never heard the call come oh. through. And uh, our county health department called and said, "Hey, you're uh, eligible for the shot now." So yeah, because they had lowered it to fifty and up in Florida. Yes. Uh -huh. So um, Monday morning at eight ten, I was on the phone. And Tuesday. And they said, be here tomorrow at 11.15. Yeah, and neither of us knew what to expect. I didn't go with. I stayed no. home. They didn't need me there. I can't get vaccinated. But you were actually only gone a little bit of time yeah. for there being I, a lot of people there. I, I was actually there about half an hour earlier. I was, well, 10.30 I, I arrived there. And I got a little nervous because it looked like a cattle call. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was really, really impressed they had their system um down pat um and i was actually in 10 after 11 and by 11 35 
I was out the door. Mm-hmm. You were texting me to tell me you were out. Yep. And um, yeah, silent. Um, it was the Pfizer that mm-hmm. I that I got. Yeah, apparently there's that's one um, of the side effects. Is fatigue yep. for that one. And uh, it it was. I, I I slept all night Tuesday. Um, I woke up like I was digging through a fog mm-hmm. Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, slept. Through most of the day. Now, by mid-afternoon, I was starting to come back yeah, to myself. Yeah, you were at least able to sit up long enough to watch TV shows and get up and move around. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I did dishes and made yes. cold brew. Because and... for the record, it was only 12 hours of maybe maybe 24 of him. Yeah. Being, and I this place went to shit. Like, I didn't do dishes. <laughs> I, I went and got kids and I obtained food and that was all I could manage. I was going through my own thing that had nothing to do with yeah. vaccinations, but yeah. I was like, that was it. That's all we did. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was not functioning yesterday at all. Mm-mm. But um, by, by mid-afternoon, I, I was back to myself. Last night, I, I slept deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, but now today, this morning, I woke up fine. Even before recording, I was out in the shop. Yeah, I, you were perky. I was, I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> I, I, I was working way out in the shop and mm-hmm. doing all kinds of stuff this morning. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm back on track now. Yeah. So, um, I don't have confirmation of this yet. It came mm-hmm. through the grapevine of what I refer to as the sisters. My <laughs> mom and her sister. I'm in group text with them. I'm in multiple group texts with them because we have different channels where different p- individuals have been added. And so there's a lot of text messages. <laughs> and I consider that, as much as I love my family, a ring of hell. Um, <laughs> but while I was getting my hair done today, thank you very much. Um, cause I was tired of being able to see my roots from the camera view, uh, while we did YouTube videos. Um, they sent, my aunt sent a message that they apparently somewhere, I have not confirmed this, it has been announced that in Florida, um, as of March 29th, 40 and up can get their vaccine. I get, I'm in that category. And then at supposedly as of April 5th, 18 and up can get their vaccine here in Florida. I don't, I haven't confirmed any of that. So I'm like gonna check the news. Basically I got, I saw the message, I got home. We started getting ready for the stream. I'm here now, I haven't had a chance to look. Um, But if that's the case, I'm very excited. Um, I don't know what it'll do to me. I don't, I've never even gotten a flu shot y'all. I should probably change that, but I haven't yet. So I don't know how I'll react. and I'm going to take the shot when they can get it to me. Like if they're like, you have to come in at noon on a Wednesday. I'll be like, see ya live stream going to get vaccinated just because priorities. Um, my big question, and I'll, I'll do some research later is what the plan is for kids, because I won't feel my risk tolerance will still be kind of low until the kids can get vaccinated. Um, but I think I'll just feel better once all the adults in the family are vaccinated. So that is our, um, um, that's our story. That's why the stream side of things was, uh, late. Um, I'm glad we were able to do it. This topic came up, came to mind and I was like, I, Ooh, I like really want to have this conversation. Um, 
And then I thought we might not get to have this conversation this week. Uh, but yeah, so I'm glad it worked out. Um, I will just like, cause we're in the bonus section and I'll say more later, but just to give teasers for everybody and like previews. Uh, I believe next week, if I look at our podcast schedule, cause we do have a schedule, uh, we're gonna do a BDSM Q and A, which is funny cause it's gonna be right before the Patreon only Q and A. I'm not good with timing, okay? Um, and then I think that the following week or the week after we will probably take just a week off break mm-hmm. because I told myself after a, a very busy 2020, even in the middle of a plague that I um, wanted to try and take time off, not just once a year, which we always do at the end of the year, but maybe mm-hmm. quarterly. And I've totally yeah. missed the first quarter of the year. So yes, we'll, you did. We'll try for second quarter. Uh, but also I can feel a lot of fatigue setting in that has nothing to do with, um, you know, health or anything. It's just, tired so um in a couple of weeks there might be a break i'm gonna try and time it for when you get your follow-up shot mm-hmm. because we already know how you react so might yeah. as well just not even worry about it but i know we're gonna have a Q&A coming so if you've been having burning questions that we have not answered in dms mm, when we open up questions then submit them um so um what else? Oh, I got my hair done. I've said it five times now. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can't see it, just know it's lovely. Uh, <laughs> I'm not digging my actual haircut anymore because it no longer lays right and I can't be bothered to like put shit in it. I don't want it longer, but I'm afraid to go shorter because it'll go spiky if I go any shorter and then I will have to put something in it. But is this laying funny? And if you're a podcast listener, you don't give two shits because you can't see my hair and that's okay. Um, if you're curious, come come watch a video. My hair is sitting funny. Um, so yeah, there's that. That's, I, do we have anything else? Last week it was very rough for me. This week has been rough for you. There's not mm-hmm. been a lot. No, no. Um... No, we are uh, continuing our Stargate geekery. Yeah, watching Stargate Atlantis now after mm-hmm. we finished Stargate SG One and watched all the associated movies of Stargate SG One. I'm yep. still waiting for a young Jason Momoa to show up on fucking Stargate Atlantis. What season does he arrive? I think it's it's two. Okay, we're just starting so we're, season we're two. Just getting ready to, yeah, we're uh, we, I we mean, just dipped our toes in season two. So I would not call a lot of of men daddy. Clearly, I call one daddy. There's another one. <laughs> But if he consented to it, and and I call him that in my head, so because it doesn't matter what I do in my head, he doesn't know about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's mm, yeah. Anyway, um, I got I I, I want to hang out and talk and be here with y'all, whether you're listening or you're watching. But I don't have anything to say. <laughs> so yeah, I um, it, it's it's funny. I I started watching. Uh, Stargate SG-1 again. you're almost getting me into Firefly, and I am not here for that shit. I'm not going down that rabbit hole with you. I find some parts of it very absurd and a little annoying, and I'm not going down that rabbit hole with you. You cannot suck me into Firefly. Well, the only thing in with Firefly, I've only got three more episodes to go. Thank God! What are you watching afterwards? And and then that's the end of that. I think the premise of Firefly is really good, Mm -hmm. but... Seeing it as like a Western, like something about that is irking me because it doesn't feel authentic as a Western. I get the premise. I think the yeah. premise is really cool, but I just get very annoyed. Some of the storylines and the things that get themselves into, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But I just, I I know, I know Firefly's got a cult following. Do not come for me, yeah. Fireflyers, but I just. 
I can't. Yeah, and 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 Kayla, yeah, that's the thing. The 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 Stargate universe is it going to make me mad? It 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 is a lot darker. Am and I going to be angry and annoyed? I I by watched that one? it when it first aired initially, and I was kind of shocked at that because, you know, the 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 Stargate genre at that time, you know, had had a very um, specific feel to it, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, and the universe kind of broke away from that. And it took me a little while to get into it. And in its own way, it was okay. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I knew the people who were into Firefly were going to correct me. Right. For those of you on the podcast uh, who are screaming at your phone right now, <laughs> I have now been informed, yes, brown coats. Yeah. I, that is, I'm sure there's a reason for it. I, no, don't want to know. Don't care. Because they were the... I don't care. You cannot get me sucked <laughs> in. That. I don't care. In my head, you're still Fireflyers. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, there there has been rumbling. I, I've kind of been following this on, on YouTube um, a little bit. Um, apparently, they are going to try to bring back Stargate. Um, not a reboot, but kind of pick up and then encompass all three SG-1, Atlantis, and Universe to to pick up. You know, I'm not going to lie. Once I got so far into SG-1, mm-hmm. I it, I enjoyed what I saw. I did not actually get into it till you were like halfway through. Right. I was on like season five or six yeah. before you were actually drawn in. And for me. You were watching from afar. I was. I was. <laughs> it was background noise. And then it, and then I was like not getting stuff done because it was less than background noise. But for Stargate SG-1, to me, the characters of Stargate mm-hmm. are Richard Dean Anderson as Jack O'Neill. Yeah. The dude who plays Daniel. Michael Shanks. Daniel Jackson. Sam Carter. Mm -hmm. And Teal'c. And I know they had people change and they had like things and whatever and whatever and whatever. But that's who I want to see because as good as everything else has been that I've seen, and it's been pretty good. Stargate Mm -hmm. Atlantis. Like there's a couple people I'd like to punch, but they're usually the bad guys. So that's fine. But like even when they switched from Jack O'Neill to the other dude, and they switched General Hammond to ben somebody Browder. else, I was like, Bleh. I was like, no, this is. Mm, I am, I am a, a an originalist. I'm a um um. There's a term for people who like the beginnings of things. I'm a that. I'm a that. I want them in my. I'm not going to get them. I know that. But that's what I want to see. I, I want new people. I, I liked the different energy Ben Browder and Claudia Black brought to the the end of the series. Um, but then again, I liked their energy together when they did Farscape. I do. I have been very interested to see how many of these different people that play different characters in this one show than we see in all these other shows. And it's like this ecosystem mm-hmm. of actors in yeah. the sci-fi world. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, you, you may be pleased to know that um, the video I watched the other day, which was recently released uh, the 21st of this month by one of the producers, the original producers of Stargate. Um, Michael Shanks is on board if they get the green light. And that's Daniel Jackson. Yeah. You know, I didn't start out liking the character of Daniel Jackson. <laughs> and then apparently he started going to the gym. <laughs> like, I guess I like the character of Daniel Jackson. 
you know, for, for, um, for somebody who has zero libido right now and has had zero libido for two years, <laughs> I have definitely got opinions on who I find attractive. <laughs> uh, Silent Wing asked if I'm a serial starter. Actually, not really, because uh, she says it's great for TV, but bad for mm -hmm. crafting. With crafting, the reason it takes me so long is I refuse to start something new till I finish something. And sometimes finishing does take a while, but no. Uh, crafting, I'm not a serial starter. TV shows, I'm not, actually not a serial starter. I will watch it all the way through till, if I if I can get into it at a certain point, I'll watch all the way through to the end, but I will have very strong opinions <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> so, okay, I think we have... Uh, yammered enough yeah yeah um thanks y'all for being here mm -hmm. for letting yeah. us rant at you with a topic that's a non-topic um yeah i uh yes kayla the arms and the hands <laughs> okay for podcast <laughs> listeners who don't know there's another kayla in the uh, live stream chat <laughs> okay that's right yeah they're like what Sorry. is kayla doing with arms now <laughs> uh look i like arms i like shoulders i like butts i like thighs i like i like bodies <laughs> and i have am doing my own like internal whatever about why i seem to only like certain f peak physically fit bodies of all genders uh that's some internal work for me to do <laughs> considering i will never have one of those bodies like what is my deal um but yeah um we're gonna go now <laughs> so you turn a little, little red in there. Okay. I mean, i'm right. always i'm always here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm always turning a little red mm. uh okay we're All gonna right. go we thanks love you for guys. joining us uh we'll see Hopefully talk at you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.